Computer. All right, I'm Robert Ryan. I'm here on behalf of YankeeChronicles.com. This is the Yankee Chronicles podcast, and I'm here with Evan Wetzel. You can follow me at Evan D. Wetzel4 on the Twitter. Uh, very happy to be part of Yankees Chronicles now. Thanks, guys. Rob Barrows, you can follow me at Twitter on Twitter uh, at Sergeant Cheese underscore SGT underscore Cheese. Right, happy to be here, man. Welcome to the first installment of the Yankee Chronicles podcast. Yankee Chronicles can be followed at Yankee Chronicle on Twitter and can be found on Facebook at Yankee Chronicles. Go like our page, check out our website, yankeechronicles.com. You can find the best in all articles related to New York Yankees, past, present, and future. So, for the first topic tonight, we are going to be going over the expectations versus the performance from the 2020 60-game season that ended, unfortunately, abruptly uh, after falling in Game 5 to Tampa Bay Rays. So, Rob, what, what did you think was the first impression with the 60-game season announcement for the Yankees in 2020? When they announced, I was actually kind of excited to see how it would go because um, I knew like a lot of our guys that were hurt were actually going to be back. Because when the, if the season would have went normally, we would have had Judge, Stanton, Hicks, Pax, and all those guys would have been out. They all ended up you know missing time anyway. But that was initially excited and didn't work out the way it did, but um, or the way it sh- we wanted it to. But uh, I think if I think MLB can explore maybe shortening the season a little bit down in the future if they want this extended playoffs to go on more. See, I would see if I would eliminate the extended playoffs. I thought that it watered it down. You know, there was no there was no rush to win the division, which is one of the things that why they made that one game wild card was to make sure that the you know the divisional races held up and right. had merit. You know, so the extended playoffs, I think that's something that needs to go in 2021. You know, we did it. You know, we were expecting a stronger lineup throughout for a 60-game season. But um, it really, like you said, the, the, the injuries, you know, kind of reared its ugly head again. You know, and after a 19-5, and five, I think it was 19-6 and six start, you know, we went, mm-hmm. wound up, you know, wound up going five and fifteen, and that really, I just had us playing, you know, catch up the rest of the, the remainder of the season, which we were never able to do. Right. Now, Evan, what was your thought on the sixty-game season? Your expectations. My biggest frustration with getting to the point where we got a sixty-game season is the fact that they talked about what they would do for months. And if you remember, the negotiations went on for about two months. We had known that that was going to be the case and that 60 games was realistic. So I don't understand why they wasted all that time doing that. Then you finally get a 60-game season, and they decide for whatever reason that they have to change all the rules of baseball, having an extra inning runner on second, all those nonsensical moves that really messed up the game, um, in my opinion. No, I don't want extended playoffs to come back. I think, like you said, it basically diluted 
the entire season. You have the Houston Astros with a losing record. They only won 29 games this yeah, season. Exactly. They might win a World Series. That pisses me off. Yeah. And the one team I was happy that it benefited was the, was the Miami Marlins. I was glad yep. to see those kids really get a chance to get their feet wet. I thought it was great for the game. You know, and of course with Jeter and Mattingly in that, that organization, it gave a little comfort as a Yankee fan to know that they're still able to show that they are a, a winning uh, formula. Yeah. So, uh, I guess topic number two, I'll, I'll piggyback on with the uh, – when, when Evan brought up the extra inning rule, the new rules that were implemented for this season with the guy starting in extra innings, a guy starting on second base, the seven inning double headers, and the three pitcher rule, the, the three batter rule for the relievers. Evan, I'll start with you on this one. Did Which rule did you, if any, did you like to see or would you eliminate all of them, if any. They all suck. I'd eliminate all of them. I don't want any of them there. I think seven-inning double headers is just the stupidest thing ever. And if you watched how many double headers we had because of rain delays and how many times we lost those double headers, mm-hmm. uh, it was really frustrating, especially when you look at the fact that we scored a ton of runs this year in the eighth inning or later. Yeah. That's not a good thing. That was a detriment to us, especially during a seven-inning double header, which we had probably the most of any other team. In, yeah, I in think the, we were second league. to the Marlins. You yeah. know? But like you said, I actually, I went back and I started calculating um, the amount of runs scored in the eighth and ninth compared to the first seven. And I didn't do the whole addition subtraction on it, but it, it was a significant amount of runs, you know, I, I, that, we needed those two innings because that, that's usually where we get our rally cry. And I think, you know, that also hurt the Yankees with the amount of games that they had to play in those, in that circumstance. Yeah. You know, I think that cost us probably six wins of the year. You know, um, Rob, you know, what'd you think of the, um, the, the new rules this year? I didn't really like them. The, the runner at second thing I thought was dumb. Uh, takes away the whole strategy of especially yeah. late inning games, especially in extras. The one that I didn't really mind maybe was the the three batter minimum because we see so much of like in the past, when especially in September call-ups, they just keep taking out a pitcher for a new guy to face one batter. So I'm not too down on that rule, although I don't, I think it's going to come back. That might be the one that they keep. Um I didn't like the yeah the seven inning doubleheader. I did not like the extra inning guy on second. Did not like it, but the three batter minimum. I'm not too uh, salty on that one. Yeah, I don't remember who reported it, but um, it was stated that Manfred is in that right now. They're in favor of keeping the three batter minimum. The seven inning doubleheaders was only for this year. He's not bringing that back next year. They're not even going to entertain it. And the the uh, runner on second is still being discussed um, for the upcoming season. The other thing that um, he did say that he wants to revert back is the um, taking the, the the DH out of the National League. Um, 
the pitchers in the National League will go back to hitting next year. That's the one I don't like. I think there should be a DH for both sides. I agree. I mean, yeah. especially when American League teams go and play a National League team and you have pitchers like Ching Ming Wong ruin their career because they don't know how yeah. to run the bases. That is – why would anyone in baseball yeah. want that? What is – you're putting – you know, you, you have a, a, a batter in the lineup that you're fighting – you're fighting for a batter in the lineup that maybe hits 100 for the year. You know, I understand that, that you know, it's the, it's the last part piece of – the original game, you know, and the purists really are fighting to, to hold on to that. And I respect them for that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, time is changing. You know, my thing with the pitches batting, teams are investing a lot of money into these, into these arms. Yeah. I'm paying them to throw the ball, not hit the ball. Right. That would be my mentality as an owner. I don't want them at the plate. Yeah, I, I agree so, with that. I don't, I don't know, Rob, how you feel about the DH. Yeah, I, I say it should be universal because, um, you know, like Evan said earlier, especially with the Chimming Wong thing, that's, I keep going back to that because 08 could have turned out a lot differently had he not gotten hurt. Um, I, I don't see NL teams really complaining about it right now because they get to have that extra bat. So I, I think that is something that – should probably be discussed to have that universal DH back. But I understand why a lot of purists want to keep it because it makes the NL a little bit different. But at the same time, it's still one league. So, yeah, I think there should be a universal DH. Yeah, especially in the, especially in a playoff setting. Right. Yeah, I would say, that, you know, inter, interleague playing should have the American League rules, even in a National League park. Yeah, but – I mean, I, that's just my little opinion. <laughs> so, um, another thing that we, you know, before uh, our last topic for uh, for today is the uh, upcoming free agents. Um, key key free agents from the the New York Yankees organization is Tanaka, Paxton, Lemayhew, and there's one more I'm forgetting. Greg Gardner. Gardner. All right. Um, Rob, who would you keep? Who do you move on from? Uh, Got to keep LeMahieu. Like, that's the easiest one. I mean, that, yeah, that, that, see, that was the cookie right there. You missed it. Yeah. <laughs> you almost you missed it. <laughs> you can't let LeMahieu go. He's too valuable. Um, I'm fine letting the rest of them go as much as I like Gardner and Tanaka. Um I'm fine letting them walk if they can land a, a legit number two. If not, then I see. I don't think Tanaka plays for another team unless it's the Yankees, because apparently he got an offer to go back uh, to his old team in Japan. Yeah, but, yeah. Evan and I were discussing that earlier, and I was going to yeah. bring that up in case you hadn't heard it, but obviously you had, um, I, which I think is a significant. You know, I think that really changes the dynamic of the offseason if he does yeah. go home to Japan. Yeah, but I think in his mindset, he's pretty much accomplished what he's going to accomplish short of a title in in Major League Baseball. Right. You know, and I think he's ready. To, I think in his mind, he's just about ready to just pack it up and go home. Yeah, um, I, I agree. I, I yeah. think that you know, and, is the type of person who's very loyal. Yeah. 
you know, and I don't anticipate him str- stringing it along either. I think his decision will be swift. I agree. Yeah, I don't think he would do that to the Yankees and wait until the last day of free agency and be like, I'm going home. Right. You know, he's too classy for that. Yeah. You know, and I, and I really hope that he lives up to that class that we've come to, you know, that we expect from him. Right. Um, with LeMahieu, is it, do you think it'd be better to offer him more years at a fair rate, being that he is over 30? Do you give him five years, four years, or more than that? I think five is fine. I mean, he's he's shown that he can hit no matter what. Like, everywhere he's been, he's just been a good hitter. And, you know, he's not really relying on power, even though he's hit for more power with the Yankees. Um, He plays great defense. I think whatever it takes, you know, almost like a blank check, like, He's too valuable to this lineup. You have to keep him. If it means an extra year to give him that fifth year to he plays till he's, what, 37, 38, yeah. I think it's worth it. Well, I think what they need to do with LeMahieu is the misstep they made with Patrick Corbin. If, he, if, if it comes down to just one more year, you, you don't hesitate. Give it to him. Right. You know, you gotta do, they have to do whatever it takes to keep him on this team. He's so vital to their success, you know, at the plate, on the field. I'm sure in the clubhouse as well, as as reserved as he looks, you can just see right. he is a clubhouse leader. You know, you know who he reminds me of a little bit? They're different players, obviously, but Jorge Posada was the silent captain on this team. Yes. Who kind of controlled everything. DJ does that too. He doesn't speak. He just leads by example. He goes out there and he gets the job done every day. Mm. So, Evan, what do you think they should do with the, with the pitching free agents? Um, obviously, we touched on Tanaka. What's your opinion on yeah. um, Paxton's free agency? I think you got to let Paxton walk with the amount of injuries he has. I don't want to take another chance because he's going to be on this free agent market as a top starter. I mean, it's him and Bauer and who else? Not much. Tanaka and there's a few others, but – there's no ace at Cole's level. There's no DeGrom. There's no, no Max Scherzer or Strasburg this year. So I think that Paxton's value, because of that, goes up depending on how desperate other teams are. Um, right. And I'm not going to give him a five, six-year deal. Hell no. no. No, I agree. You know, even if they gave him, you know, like how Phillies gave, um, you know, Gregorius that one year, let's see how, you know, let's see if he still can do something after all yep. the injuries. If they give him like a, a one-year, $12 million deal, um, especially – and I'll, I'll make this – I'll use that as a, as a point for the fact we don't know how King is going to progress. You know, we never really got to see what Garcia really is under pressure. You know, we don't – we still haven't learned enough about Clark Schmidt. Yeah. You know, we don't know what's going to happen when Herman gets back, what his mentality is going to even be, never mind his true. ability. His mentality we won't get is Severino back and for Severino a while. And Severino is not going to be back until the middle of the year yep. after his rehab from the Tommy John. Yep. So it's Paxton that – that's why I'm thinking is Pax, you know, Tanaka – if Tanaka is going back to Japan, I think that almost locks, locks in uh, Paxton getting an offer for one year. 
I think you have to because at this point we really only have two starters that you can really two or three starters that you count on. You know, you got Cole at the top. You know, you got Monty at the bottom. Um, wait, you need that. The Yankees at this point do not have that filler. Exactly, and no, uh, we have haven't even two, talked they about. They don't have a two, three, and four. Correct. You know, so I think you know, I would go after Bauer. You know, even though he's not the most popular player off the field, I think, you know, I'd rather have, look, you know, it's, if he could pitch us, if he can piggyback with Cole and pitch us, you know, to a championship, then, hey, go for it. Absolutely. A lot of people talk about Bauer because he uses Twitter a lot, but a lot of the same people complained about Clint Frazier two yeah. years ago. Yep, and now, now everyone loves Clint Frazier. So I don't care if he tweets. I don't care if he's outspoken. I don't it's, care what stock he wears. If he success pitches, brings tolerance for that. Right. If he is that number two that we need behind Garrett Cole, then you go out and get him. If they can't sign him, they're going to probably go after a guy in a trade, which could we could have to move some fan favorites if that's the case. Because there's yep. not really a lot of aces available in trades either. But – if it means Paxton's back for one more year just to get a guy that we know when healthy can be good, it's not the end of the world in my opinion, but I would rather obviously get Bauer. That's easier said than done. Well, I would go after them both. I can see that. That's definitely a possibility. I think you need two pitchers. I think it's Bauer and Tanaka or Bauer and Paxton. I think those are our options right now. Yeah, absolutely. And what's also going to help the Yankees this year, Evan and I were discussing earlier today, is now that with this season over, the Ellsbury money is officially off the off the table. Thank God. that's twenty one million. That's you forgot about that, Rob, right? <laughs> I, I, you, know, you know, it's funny. I forgot that he existed because <laughs> I, I'll admit I loved the signing when we did it because I'm like that is a guy that we could use at the top of the order. And yeah, at, did, at first, he played really well. See, I like the signing, but I didn't like the years. I thought it was too many years. It's unfortunate it turned out the way it did, but I completely forgot that he was still under contract technically yep. for this year. Yeah, so I think you know that's twenty one billion dollars that can go right into Lemayhew or you know or a battle. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um we'll wrap this up with one of uh the longest tenured Yankees is Gardner. Um I think that his career and his leadership, his grind. And the fact that he's the one of the he's I think he's the oldest on the team, and is the one that's never hurt. <laughs> um, I th- <laughs> I think he gets another one year deal. Um, I up I think he was making twelve this year. Um, I give him the I give him a uh, a, a veteran contract. And just give him, you know, for, for a, a thank you for all the years and staying and all all the contributions. Give him one year, 15, 15 mil, and let him know that he's going to be, a, you know, a, a utility outfielder. Um, just because we want to see Frazier get a little more action. Um, and even though he is still on the younger end, 
and he's he's not close to being called up. Um, we had that that drafting of Jason Dominguez. Yeah, the kids. Can you see. Know, I mean, so, he's only seventeen though. We're not going to see him for like five years. I don't know. You know, I, I know he's I, I know he's young, but we've seen a lot of players that that you know progress so quickly that they kind of force the teams to give them that chance. Right. You know, look at what Tadis Jr. did, you know. Well, he's – You know, and not to put – not to say that Dominguez is on that level, but you also had, you know, your Harpers and your Trouts. You know, it's not unusual Soto. for players to really be called up years before they're ready because they matured faster than their ages. Right. And their right. game is matured. So I don't want to tie it up where if he's hitting like crazy in AAA that he misses out an opportunity to really showcase himself because of a roster spot. Right. You know who I'm actually hearing really good things about? Our first-round pick from last year, Austin Wells, is apparently yes. progressing really, really fast as a catcher and wants mm-hmm. to stay a catcher. If that's the case, Gary's gone anyway. But yeah. I think he's going to be gone really soon. Yep. Um, all right. Well, this will wrap it up for uh, this episode of Yankee Chronicles podcast. I want to thank Rob and Evan for joining us. And we will be chatting with you again real soon. Have a good night. Thanks, guys. Take care.